to the Becoming Witchy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, of Bramble and Brimstone. Join me and my guests as we share witchy tips, aha moments, tools and resources that have helped us on our way, and as we discuss how magic shows up in our everyday. This podcast is here to encourage and support you on your own witchy way. And thank you for joining me for episode one of the Becoming Witchy podcast. In this first episode, I'm going to share my own journey of becoming witchy. So we'll start with some introductions. Like the intro says, I'm Kelly of Bramble and Brimstone. And Bramble and Brimstone is a creative side business that my husband and I started where we sell things that we make. It's mostly ceramics, loose incense that we make from things we grow in our garden, and dried flower artwork. So you can check us out on Instagram at Bramble and Brimstone. I am a Virgo Sun, Cancer Moon, and Leo Rising, and I live in Southern Ohio. Probably the first thing anyone who knows me would tell you is that I love cats. And we're definitely going to talk about cats on this podcast. Cat magic, familiars, all of that. We'll have a whole episode about it, maybe multiple episodes. And you will definitely hear cats running around, eating, zooming, Um, in the background. So I thought it would be a good idea to define a witch, but I don't think I could even if I tried. The witch is... The witch represents so many things for so many people, and that's an amazing part of the witch. And we don't need to come up with one definition, because the witch is so many things. Um, We can have many definitions, and we don't need to sort of pin it down right now. The witch is very elusive and really doesn't like to be pinned down, and that's what's so great about the witch. So I'm going to tell you my story, and on this podcast we'll also share the stories of other people becoming witchy, and you'll have many different versions of what a witch is and what a witch can look like. So even if my version today doesn't resonate with you, that's fine, because I really believe that you can find your own version of the witch that fits with you. And there's no right or wrong way to be witchy. And I just want to point out that I often refer to the witch as a she or a her. Um, This is just how I refer to the witch, but the witch can be any gender. The witch is anything that we want. For the Becoming Witchy journey I'm going to tell, I'm going to bullet point the most influential things that led me to the witch and things that really helped me along the way, a sort of summary spark notes version. So I didn't really start calling myself a witch until fairly recently. In hindsight, I have been a witch for a while, or at least been becoming witchy for a while. And I like to say that I was an unintentional witch for a long time, because I've always done sort of small spell ritual talisman type things and I just didn't know to call them that or think to call myself a witch. The witch found me first and I didn't know it was her. I had to find her in the form that I could recognize. To start this story, I grew up in Michigan and always had access to outdoorsy stuff, woods, water, all of nature, and I think that This early access to nature really inspired and fed a belief in magic 
and mystical creatures like fairies. And I would always collect things from nature from a very early age. Small things like seeds, acorns, rocks, especially rocks. And I would put them into little boxes to save them, or little pouches. Um, looking back on this, I think that these were definitely little talismans um, that I was making. And it, my family will always talk about how I would make potions. I was always making potions, mixing things together to make something that in my mind was magical or powerful. And I also, you know, all kids my age, I think, were taken up by Harry Potter and also by Tolkien. And for me, even video games like The Legend of Zelda were really influential in providing a magical con context and magical content uh, for my tiny child brain. Fast forward now to a time when I was living in England. I went to grad school in London and lived there for about three years. And this really rekindled my interest in magic as a young adult to be able to visit sites like Stonehenge and to visit all of the witch shops there and all of the bookstores that they had. There was just so much more magical content in those bookstores than you could find in like the New Age section at Barnes and Nobles, which is what I had growing up. Um, so all of that was just, it was being in an atmosphere that felt magical. England feels really magical to me, and so does Scotland especially. I took many trips to Scotland when I lived there and have taken more sense and just the misty, mossy mountains and the smell of dirt and stone, just, you can't help but think that fairies are real and magic is real and it's everywhere. So being in that atmosphere really made me think that, you know, the witch was out there and I could feel her calling to me. Um, I could feel this magical pull and I was really interested to seek it out and to find it. The next stop on this journey is Salem, Massachusetts. Of course, right? The year is 2017. My husband and I visited for a friend's wedding and the wedding was actually in Rhode Island. The, our friends were from Salem though and we were close enough to Salem and I had always wanted to go and see it that we made sure that we had enough time on our trip to drive to Salem and spend an entire day there. And our friends recommended that we go to one shop while we were there. And that shop is Housewitch. And because I'm a Virgo, we got there stupid early in the morning. And I think Housewitch didn't open until noon or something. And it I'm serious, it was like 7 a.m. when we got there. Nothing was open. So we spent, it was fine though, we spent a lot of time walking around graveyards and walking around just the area and seeing all of the architecture. And it was wonderful. I am glad that we got there that early. Um, and then once all of the stores started opening, we were able to go into all the stores. So we saw a lot of things before we went to Housewitch. And a lot of the stores there, I loved them all, I have to say. A lot of them have... Um, or at that time had a sort of t traditional witch 
shop vibe, I would say. Um, kind of dark and spooky and um, all of this. And I love that. I live for that vibe, that feeling. Um, that aesthetic is so wonderful. But at noon, it was finally noon, and we went to House Switch. And just walking into this shop, it was like... I'm sorry, one of my cats just came in here and started eating, so I'm sorry if you can hear that in the background. Um, anyways, walking into House Witch, the, it was a completely different vibe from any other witch store I had ever been in. It was, it is, it still is, I've been there since, um, bright and light and beautiful and plants everywhere, um, and like, rainbows, sunshine, uh, it was just, it presented witchcraft in a way that I had never seen it before, and it was so modern and accessible and didn't stand on ceremony, it was just this, it was like, this is everyday witchcraft, and it was such a huge moment for me to see it presented in that way, because I had just never thought about witchcraft as like a daily thing. It always in my mind was something that was very ceremonial and um, not accessible, not easy to do, um, not something that you could do every day. And this shop really changed how I thought about it. So in the shop, they have these little spell kits that they make. And they're in these adorable house-shaped boxes. And my husband and I got one that was for housewarming because we had just bought a house. And it was to bring, like, good cozy vibes into your house. And it, it was, like, it was exactly the type of thing that I was already doing. And I just didn't know that it was a spell. So seeing it presented to me in this way was just eye-opening. It was an aha moment for me where I came out of that shop and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a witch, I think. I think I'm a witch. Um, and it was like a really powerful moment to be able to s start calling myself a witch from that point on um, and to be able to recognize what, what it was that I had been doing. So I really love that shop. And I, I've gone there since this trip, any time that I can get um, to go there. I love it so much. And you can shop online there um, and follow them on Instagram. And it's all beautiful, beautiful content. If you don't follow them, you should. It's House Witch. Um, yeah, so I still buy stuff online from them. Um, they were also selling, and they still do sell, um, like, little... I call them rock juice, but they're like flower essences and rock essences. Um, and they're, I just love them so much because I, I just didn't realize that this sort of thing was magic and it's something that you do every day. And it was just so exciting to see it like this. And this is still like one of, now I think more shops are onto this like modern witchcraft vibe, but certainly living in Ohio, um, there just wasn't anything like this around. And in England, the witch shops were much more traditional. Um, 
and not really like this at all. So this was a first for me. And if you've never been there, I so highly recommend it. Another thing that I got at Housewitch was my first tarot deck. And so this is our next bullet point, um, is tarot. I was always so intimidated by tarot cards, and everyone all of, everyone who was at Housewitch that day working was so lovely and encouraging and nice, and they, I was looking at the tarot decks, and they were like, oh yeah, you can buy your own tarot deck. You don't have to, like, have someone give you a tarot deck. And I was like, oh my god, I, everyone says it's bad luck to, like, buy your own tarot deck someone has to give it to you and I was like that seems really stupid but you know I'm a Virgo I follow rules whatever so they told me it was okay so I bought my first tarot deck and I highly encourage everyone else to buy their own first tarot deck um and I think a lot of people can relate to that right everyone tells you that that you know you can't you can't buy your first tarot deck but whatever just get your get what get what you want um and I'm so glad that I started doing tarot and I can't believe that I, now that I do it all the time, I can't believe that I was scared of it before um, or intimidated by it because I use it literally every day and it's something that calms me down and gets rid of so much anxiety and it brings magic just into every single day of my life and I love it and I, I don't think I could go without it now at this point. I even have like a little mini deck that I carry around in my purse at all times, just, you know, in case, whatever. Um, so tarot as a tool really helped me to understand and develop my intuition. And very importantly, to distinguish my intuition from my anxiety. Um, because I'm a highly anxious person and I think my anxiety had always blocked out my intuition before. Or I had maybe misinterpreted my anxiety as intuition. But, you know, being able to distinguish between those two things is really important when you're doing witchcraft, I think. Um, and tarot helped me do that. So it, it was definitely something that I had to practice and train to do. But tarot was the tool that got me to do that. And when I started learning tarot, I got just a bunch of tarot books from the library to teach me the cards and I mean I got like 12 different books from the library and that was so useful I you know use your local library you guys that's why we pay taxes right go to the library I also found a lot of podcasts about tarot that were really helpful um I really liked the video tarot podcast and also uh the tarot lady those podcasts are really great and the tarot lady goes through like every single card and has just like a quick five to ten minute episode on each card and that's really helpful and biddy tarot is the website that pops up when say you google like ten of pentacles meaning and biddy tarot will be like the first google result and i think it's really great it has a lot she has a lot of free content on her website a lot of spreads that you can try and um, the meaning of all the cards she has on there and they're really thorough and accessible um Tarot's also another thing that taught me that simple rituals are still rituals and that magic can be this everyday thing. You don't have to do this huge 12-card pull 
spread to divine your entire future. You can just pull one card and ask a simple question just to check in with yourself and just as like a little meditation me message. And tarot is just this simple, magical, actionable practice that you can do every day. And I really, my type of witchcraft is something that I like to do every day. And this tarot as a tool is just so useful and so accessible. And if you're still a little scared or hesitant to try tarot, I would say you can also do this. All of what I said applies to oracle cards as well. And I know that oracle cards can be a lot less intimidating and there you don't have to maybe feel like you need to memorize all of the meanings of oracle cards. So that's also a good place to start and it can help you develop your intuition and be a daily practice tool for you as well. Another really big influencing point and bullet point on this journey is getting a garden. When my husband and I were lucky enough to find our very small house, it has an enclosed yard, completely enclosed yard, and we've really gotten into gardening and transformed our yard from like a grass yard, traditional grass yard, into just a wonderful all native plants, no more grass, uh, fruits, vegetables, herbs, and it's it's one of my favorite hobbies now. And creating this garden has uh, really made me get into in tune with the seasonal cycles in my area. So I know when to start certain seeds and when plants are going to start blooming outside, when they're going to be ready to harvest, and when they're going to die for the winter. So this is this is just, it's just witchy nature, you know, it's just witchy to be in nature. And now I can grow herbs and things to make my own tinctures, my own flower essences and uh, rock juice. And I also make lotions and teas and oils and the loose incense is all herbs that we grow in our garden. Um, so this is another sort of like practice that I can do daily in, um, you know, in every season, but winter really. And it helps me to be in tune with the seasons and uh, to celebrate the like season, seasonal cycles of the year um, that are celebrated in witchcraft. The last thing I want to mention on my witchy journey is the Witch Wave podcast by Pam Grossman which I think started in 2017 or 2018, and that's exactly when I started listening to it, first episode. And this is also right around my Salem trip and my witchy awakening. And if you don't listen to the Witch Wave podcast, I assume you must listen to the Witch Wave podcast, but if you don't, get on that. You should definitely be listening to that. Pam Grossman is amazing, and I've her voice is so soothing and wonderful, and she's so smart and articulate and interviews people. And it's just amazing, this podcast, and really informative and interesting. Um, finding this podcast and listening to it every week was another aha moment for me because Pam Grossman was another example for me of what a witch could be. And I. This is how I learn, you guys. I'm a Virgo and I need to understand things and 
I need examples in order to understand. So having having examples like Pam Grossman of what a witch looks like or what a witch could be was really helpful for me um, in understanding and in learning and in developing my own practice. So yes, that podcast is just amazing. You should start listening to it right now if you don't already. Um, And in 2021, the January, I think, of that year, I joined her Patreon, which this, you know, January 2021, this is pre-vaccine times, um, nothing was happening anywhere, everyone was all shut up in their houses, Um, things were rough, right? So I joined her Patreon for a sense of community, and I got access to the Witch Wave Coven, where she hosts a ritual digitally once a month, and this, I had never done any type of magical rituals with anyone else before. I was always alone. And besides all of the books that I'd read where they mention Calling Circle and all of this stuff, I, I had never seen or heard that done. So joining the coven and learning, like seeing how to do it and learning how to do it was just so it taught me so much and it gave me so much more confidence to do rituals myself so in 2021 I decided to just commit to a year of magic to doing monthly magic um like at least one ritual a month and that could be the ritual with the witch wave coven um that I would count and that really snowballed though into creating a lot of daily magical practices that would just naturally fit into my life and my schedule and help bring magic into my everyday. And it had, this was so amazing. I've carried on doing this now um, and it's just part of my life and it's had such a great effect on my mental state, right? Because of pandemic brain. Um, Yeah, it's been really helpful and wonderful and, um, is a big part of my becoming witchy journey was joining this coven and finding Pam Grossman and being encouraged to be more witchy. So that's my spark notes becoming witchy story. <laughs> But now we're going to jump into the rituals that work segment of this podcast. So I'm going to share with you every, every episode, I'll share with you a ritual that works for me at least, and hopefully it can work for you too, or at least you can change it up, mix it up into something that works for you and use it just, use just the skeleton for yourself if that's what works. Um, this first ritual is going to be a really simple one. This is one part of my morning rituals that I do every morning while I'm drinking my coffee. I just pull one tarot card or oracle card and ask, what do I need to know today? And this simple one card pull just gives me something to focus on or to be aware of for that day. And it calms my mind. And it really makes me feel less anxious and a lot more prepared for the day. So even if I get a kind of downer card, 
which I don't think that there are downer cards in the tarot. Okay, <laughs> maybe there maybe there's a few that are better than others, um, but even getting kind of a downer card, it's still helpful to have that message. You know, I can pull a card and just be like, okay, today I might have some conflict in my day today, but I'm just not going to engage with that conflict and go about my own business. And see, again, that's a very simple, magical, and actionable practice for the day, right? Just like something to be aware of for the day. And this is actually a really good way to start a tarot practice. And um, it'll help you learn the cards over time. And it gives you like a really low stakes question to learn from, which can be less intimidating. And it's just a one card pull. You can do up, like, in the mornings, I don't do more than three cards, right? Um, I usually don't do more than one. Sometimes I'll do two. But really, one or two cards in the morning, just to give you a simple message to meditate on or think about throughout the day. Um, just something else for your brain to focus on is a really nice, like, mind-clearing uh way to start the day, I think. And it's magical because it's tarot or oracle. So now we're going to check in on our seasonal corner segment. And right now, as of this recording, it is the end of September and we have just celebrated the autumnal equinox. And this is one of my favorite times of year. It's usually actually still insanely hot here in Southern Ohio. Um, but this is when the nights start to get cooler and it starts getting darker earlier. Uh, right now it's actually pretty cool during the day here and a few leaves have started changing color, which is really exciting. Um, this is also usually when I go out and look for conkers, which is always really fun. I love them as a decoration. Don't play the game so much anymore. Um, for the equinox this year we had people over and it was cold enough to sit outside and enjoy a bonfire so that was really nice and in our yard in the garden right now we have a bunch of little tiny decorative cords that each year they've started growing out of our compost and they're from all the tiny little decorative gourds that we threw out the year before and it's really fun when they start growing sort of spontaneously around the yard. It's definitely a sign that fall is coming when they start popping up. Um, so we've already begun picking those and decorating with them. And it's really starting to look like fall around here, which is very exciting. And it's actually really cold here today. We, I think, might have to turn our heat on today. So definitely fall vibes coming in. Um, also this year in our garden, what something we discovered was we planted a hibiscus plant last year at the end of the season and so this was our first year having hibiscus flowers and this fall they started turning into seed pods and the seed pods on a hibiscus look like the demogorgon head from stranger things so it, you should google like hibiscus seed pod just to like get an image of that because it's actually super scary and my husband took a video of ours and posted it on our Instagram, so you can check it out there too. It it definitely looks like a demogorgon. Hibiscus seed pod head. Google it. I just want to say 
um, just as some sort of closing remarks. Um, I hope to be releasing an episode every other week up until December-ish, end of the year. Um, so that puts us at like six or seven episodes maybe. So we're going to have some guests on to talk about becoming witchy, but some of the other episode topics are going to include um, spellcasting, boundaries, tarot, daily magic, camp magic, color magic, green witchery, making a grimoire, and favorite witch books. So we probably won't get all, to all of these this season, but um, we'll, we'll get to them all eventually. Just something to look forward to. I'm excited to talk about all these topics and share more rituals, and I hope you're excited too. Okay, so this is the last segment that we're going to do to close out each show. It's going to be the daily draw, or the episode draw. So I'm going to draw a tarot or an oracle card to give us something to think about until the next episode. Um, so today, after talking about tarot, today I'm actually just going to do an oracle card. And this is the Wild Whiskers Oracle deck. And you can buy this on Etsy, and it's like a beautiful hand-drawn deck, uh, lots of like floral design on it, and an animal on each card. So we're gonna shuffle. And draw a card. So we got the Dignified Dragon. Honor, good fortune, individuality. Fearless dancer of the flame, ignite the passionate fire within my soul. Oh, that's a good one. So have a great two weeks before I talk to you next and ignite the passionate fire within your soul. See you next time on Becoming Witchy. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please rate and review us. It helps others find the podcast and we so appreciate your support.